Welcome to Have You Seen This, the world's only podcast about obscure, overlooked, and misbegotten visual media. All discussions will be spoiler heavy. You have been warned. Have you seen this? It's Jen. And Tim. We're back with you again. Yeah, I replaced Mike. <laughs> he was on too many times. We've had yeah. thousands of complaints. Strangely, uh, tenfold more than we have subscribers, which is weird. The yeah, guy's just know. very polarizing. Yeah, word of mouth. Uh, yeah, so I'm back, uh, you know, subbing in for our guest Guess indefinitely. Back. Yeah. Back again. Tim is back. Tell a friend, and they'll go, so. (laughs) Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. (laughs) What are we talking about today, Tim? Uh, We're, uh, well, uh, I, you know, as I am want to do, uh, I was just hitting random on the internet archive. I would just uh, mash my keyboard and see whatever came up. And I was blessed with 1988's Woodchipper Massacre. Apparently in the public domain, just, you know, uh, disavowed by its creator. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I discovered this on the late lamented Roku channel Shockworks. Yeah. A channel which was great but doesn't exist anymore. Uh, fortunately, yeah. we still have B-Movie TV. Yeah, it had really good presentation, and I, would, I did have to give it the edge over B-Movie TV in that the filler was different stuff like it was different trailers and it would be different shorts whereas the trailer for b-movie tv is just um you know ace hit like select all on you know clips of like uh you know titty ads from europe and just hit you know copy paste until the timeline was full (laughs) and so like respect yeah so well shockworks went away because the guy running it literally didn't have the time to put into it anymore because he was having a kid. Fair so, enough. So, you know, is Ace working harder or smarter? Ace is working smarter, and I am conflicted about that because Ace has no um, compunctions about the quality of the content that he puts on the channel, <laughs> which it's a fucking B-movie channel. What do you expect? And Yeah, I- and... There's a lesson there. Yeah, and honestly, I'm surprised that we haven't seen Woodchipper Massacre on there. Have you seen Woodchipper Massacre on B-Movie TV? Uh, no, but I mean, I do have to sleep six hours a day, so <laughs> I might have missed... There are three opportunities every day I could have missed it. And yes, it wow. does drive me nuts. You fucking layabout. Six I know. hours? Yeah, well, I... I mean, I, I try and schedule my, my sleeping in between... You know the commercial breaks on B Movie TV. You're sleeping in like <laughs> 35 to 45 minute blocks. Block, yeah. But yeah, like, like every every two hours, like Tim on the top of the hour, Tim is awake and in front of the TV. Okay, I got to see what it is. Oh, thank God, I recognize them this movie, so I don't have to look it up on IMDb. Yeah, I sleep 30 minutes every two hours, and that is a daily commitment. I never go out. <laughs> I never do anything. I sure shit don't get any work done, but yeah, the, it's it's all for the sake of B-Movie TV. 
so by contrast, Tim is working harder, not smarter. Right, exactly. Yes, it's a fool's errand. <laughs> but we're off the point. Um, at any rate, I'll I say. found this on... Shockworks. Yeah. Back when that was a thing. Yeah, I found this on Shockworks, and it... I don't know. It charmed me. I don't know if it is in the public domain like Tim mentioned. I think it just might be orphaned because, like, nobody really cares. You know, like, yeah, I don't I think to... that the filmmaker or the distributor could be like, hey, whoa, like, we could be making a fuck of a lot of money off of this if yeah, you weren't you're... putting it on the internet for free. Yeah, if you decide to show this without, you know, the express written consent, you're going to get, you know, a strongly worded letter written in crayon on the back of a McDonald's wrapper. Yeah, these people cannot afford a lawyer. So, you know, watch it on, it's on, as Tim mentioned, it's on archive.org. It's also on YouTube, which is where I watched it today to refresh my memory. Instead of the fucking presidential debate, I'm working smarter, not harder. Um, well, what else are you going to get out of that debate at this point, really? Uh, well, um, you know, actually, I'm undecided, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so everyone kiss my feet. Yeah, like, I'm really, I'm, I am really torn between uh, these two senile old clowns. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think Trump has a plan for the next four years, and once he's elected, maybe he'll let the rest of us in on it. I feel like his plan is just, like, losing the presidency and, like, getting another TV show. I think his plan is to flee to Russia. <laughs> that would be pretty sick, to be honest. But To have that's... him detained at the airport? <laughs> that would be so but choice. That's neither here nor there. So this is a shot on video. Um, let's call it a thriller. <laughs> and it's a horror comedy. It, yeah, that's, that's, that's accurate. Yeah, um, we should have done this for our shot on video episode. There are... There is so much charming shot on video material out there. We, we could we just couldn't cover it all. And I, true, I, yeah. I do keep coming back to the word charming, and that's that is how I feel about this movie because it is not, um, it's not virtuosic by any stretch of the imagination, but it does have like a sense of humor. Um, yes. Also, it's a bare eighty minutes long, which is uh, what I like to call the golden runtime. In fact, all movies should be eighty minutes long. IMO. Yeah, it doesn't wear out its welcome, and I do have to say that it, yeah, it is charming in even the way it's written. Like it isn't good by any stretch, but I mean, you pay attention to it, and you're like, yeah, I see what the, what they were going with this. Like yeah. it's not it's not well acted. It isn't well executed or directed, but you know, the basic story is there. I think that if this guy made like five or six more movies, eventually he would get it. Well, and that's the thing because the filmmaker, uh, John McBride, who also stars in it, appears to have gone on to kind of like a, a Z movie career. Um, yeah. Not hating, just saying. Um, okay, more than five or six then. He <laughs> he has credits um, in varying crew positions up through 2009. Um, he's done like some soundtrack work. He's like directed a couple of horror slasher kind of movies. You know, respect. And he could be one of those people who, you know, made films like for fun and is like, you know what? I don't need to like bust my ass like making a career out of this. I'm okay making like a z-grade movie like once every few years yeah it's like not letting your ego get in the way of your art where you're just like 
you know, it is what it is. It's yeah. it's fine. It, yeah, he's just you know doing it for the enjoyment of it rather than I don't know the prestige or the esteem or or something. It's like yeah, making another movie because I like making horror movies. Yeah, and especially God, I wonder cons- what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially considering um you know if you compare it to people who are really like hell-bent on making it in the industry mm-hmm. and considering how depraved that industry is, like how cutthroat you need to be to like make it to a really top level. Yeah, and at the it is kind of a subtle distinction too. You know, the people who were more preoccupied with making it, it's more about you know, the end goal rather than the journey. And mm-hmm. as we've heard the parable before, you know, the journey is more important than the destination. And maybe it is just doing the work that matters more than, you know, more than making it. It's something that I think yeah. we talked about before where it's like, you don't know what kind of director or writer or, you know, creative person, what whatever kind of creative filmmaker you are until you actually, you know, until, you know, the rubber meets the road until you actually do it. And right. for some people, it might be, you know, upsetting or disappointing to, you know, to eventually find your level and to be like, I am not an A-lister. I'm not a B-lister. I may be, you know, a Z-lister like, you know, Woodchipper Massacre. But and and to, to face that and be like, well, I guess it's only as good as I am at making movies like this is this is as good as I can be. Oh, well, and, <laughs> and that might be a tough thing to face. But you know, water if, finds its level and it's yeah, natural. Yeah. So I can see that if you're if you come to filmmaking from a mindset of I'm going to make it or I want to be, you know, I want to reach this certain you know this certain level and to I find that be your Brian skills, Singer. <laughs> yeah, I want to be Brian Singer or I want to be JJ Abrams or something like that. Um JJ Abrams also a pedophile. No, no, well it's worse. <laughs> worse, he's a shitty writer and director <laughs> and and i mentioned him because i know you you mentioned brian singer because of obvious reasons but um a friend of mine sent me a a clip about jj abrams talking about this mystery box that like affected him so as a child which is like great for a premise but that's not like it, it's great for like a mystery but that's not what stories are for stories aren't about like establishing a mystery and being like Shit's crazy, yo. Wait, a it's mystery like, box? Yeah, it's you can it's he did a a TED talk on it, like as though the notion <laughs> weren't precious enough already. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and you know there are a bunch of like, you know, Silicon Valley aesthetes in it, just like, you know, nodding knowingly about this bullshit that he's spewing. It's, it's fucking pablum. About yeah, like, hey, and- what if, man, anything could be in the box? Maybe even a satisfying conclusion to a Star Wars trilogy, or maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, and see, that's the kind of smooth brain that you kind of have to be to climb to that level. Like, you really do kind of have to be full of shit and in love with your own brand of shit. Yeah, to get other people to love your shit as well. It's it's yeah. like that thing that you'd mentioned before about like if only for a day if you could have you know the the lack of self-awareness that trump has yeah like if you just bloviate through everything without it like a single care of like or, or just any interest about like how you're perceived or or whether anything you say like 
means anything. You're just like, yeah, I'm just going to plow through this. Fuck him. Or if my actions affect any of the people around me. Yeah. Yeah. Just to not just truly not give a shit. Yeah. Well, we're I mean, Tyler Durden would probably be a more positive example, but whatever. (laughs) That was 20 fucking years ago. Tyler Durden, the cool guy that all cool guys want to be like. Yes, that was established in the story, yes. Um, so yeah, this he's is... Definitely, he's definitely a person that you should model your life after in real right. life. You should be exactly like Tyler Durden. It's about finding a balance. <laughs> so we are the podcast that will retroactively be known as uh, the one that just relentlessly mocked a gay boy for 90 minutes. Do we want to just get right into that? <laughs> we buried the lead. come on tim you would have been friends with this kid i hope not (laughs) i like we we talked about you know what does it mean to be an artist what does it mean to be aspirational or you know to be a filmmaker why does jj abrams suck so bad but the point of this entire episode has got to be you cannot believe how gay this child is (laughs) and i mean yeah it's one of those things like you know you're you're born gay it's the way you are but man, is this kid queer? Welcome to Come Town. But uh, shit, what was I gonna say about this gay ass kid? Um, oh man, he is so gay. <laughs> he is so no, very like, gay. You would, you would, you one hundred percent would have been watching Ernest Goes to Camp with this kid. This in kid, like nineteen eighty eight. No, this kid is way too theatrical for me. Like the way his his body is all like disproportionate. And like his funky lips That's and like just... his molester glasses. Like he's a child child molester. Like he molests fellow children. Yeah, but I mean like look at look at the rest of his family. Like you know, there's like nothing good is gonna happen in that genetic pool. No. Like no no good films are gonna come of it, that's for sure. Um Like like the kid really steals the show as this flamboyant ten year old. <laughs> I think um and it, like anything else that we want to talk about is secondary to that. Sure. I mean, like, uh, let like let's be clear, like this really is like an ugly, annoying child from a family of ugly, annoying children. Yeah, he's like the the kid that you get like as a replacement stand in when like the kid from your wholesome like ABC sitcom has to go into rehab. And so <laughs> and, they like and- he- you know, Tim, I know you're ripping on this kid pretty hard, but what you don't know is that he grew up to be Jessica Chastain. Yeah, and you know, you can tell. Like, he's very, he's very effete, very elegant, very feminine. Very he redheaded. Needed, yeah, he just needed to get some contacts and grow his hair out, and he's a very pretty Jessica Chastain. <laughs> um, I was more transfixed by the shrieking daughter. She has kind of a um, Lynn from Alf uh, vibe going on, which I mean, you know, that would have been the style at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i probably like, I've, of course it's going to have an 80s feel. It was made fucking 1988, but... And in Connecticut, I, where 1988 didn't end for another three years. Disgusting. Um, but it kind of puts me in mind of like, a couple of acting classes that I took as a younger kid, like 
I wasn't really like into the idea of like being an actor or anything like that, but I was like, yeah, it was probably something that we did through like the local like parks and recreation or like the school district or something. And, you know, we had to do, I remember in one of the classes we had to do a thing where it was like, oh, you know, do this monologue, you know, to the audience or like to an imaginary camera or whatever. And you're talking about how you're going to go to Disneyland on Friday and you're so excited about going to Disneyland. And the thing is to have lots of energy and convey to people how excited and energetic you are. And I feel like for child actors that a lot of the times that turns into just being like really loud. Yeah, I think that they took one lesson and the teacher wrote on the blackboard because it was 1988 and they didn't have whiteboards yet. They wrote on the blackboard and they underlined each word and it just said, acting is shouting. So if you yeah. want to act, you you shout. And if you want to emphasize anything, then like it's it's like every other word that these assholes say is in bold italics. Or I should say... Every other word that they say is in bold italics. Yeah, it's that style of acting that's very amateurish. It's just really terrible. And, and it's it, not just the kids, like the It the, is everyone. Like the and everything it's, is it's a very piercing movie. Yeah, it's it feels like I'm watching a high school theater show. It is. It's very like school play kind yeah. of acting. Yeah, it sounds like a, a school play. Yeah. But it does start off looking like a VHS like training manual for like your McCullough chainsaw, though. Yeah, I know that. That's the only know, power tool uh, endorsed by kids in the hall. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a Chekhov's gun thing. Like you do kind of have to demonstrate the I don't, not Chekhov's gun but you know what I mean it's like if you're if you're doing Chekhov's like wood chipper yeah <laughs> Chekhov fired the phasers it's not Chekhov's important. craftsman tools yes um but you know what I mean like if you right, have well, if you have a device or a weapon or something similar it's like it needs to be demonstrated before right you start and, like killing and, people with it yeah and and what I'm saying too about this being like it Follows the form of a competent movie because one of the things, too, that I want to point out is the way that this starts. Like, you can tell that, you know, Jurassic Park came out a year later and Steven Spielberg 100% ripped this off. Um, the beginning of Jurassic Park, which, you know, for anyone our age will recall, starts with like this shadowy figure moving like through the, uh, the forest canopy. And these people are, you know, looking and staring at it. You know, it's Steven Spielberg thing. And they're watching as it as it comes through. And it is revealed to be a forklift carrying a cage. But it sets the tone because you know what you're expecting. And so they do the same thing in this beforehand where they, you know, show the power tools cutting trees up and the branches go in the wood chipper. You know it's going to happen. They're foreshadowing that. Yeah, you can't say that they didn't establish the power tools. Yeah. Also, they got to pad everything out to 80 minutes. Right, yeah, which is why there's so many scenes of, like, eating and watching TV and... Yard work. Yeah, yard work. The, the, yeah, the pulse-pounding climax of three children doing yard work. <laughs> do you want to give, like, a... Do you want to do, like, the capsule summary of the story, or...? 
uh yeah a guy a dad a single dad goes on a business trip um and he brings his uh stepsister to take care of his uh three kids and his stepsister is just this vile old crone um who gets who ends up in the wood chipper which i mean she's a tremendous cunt and you're glad when she leaves the movie yeah from the moment she shows up she's like just put her in the wood chipper already uh some there's a there's a a subplot which isn't important and then the dad comes home and um they get away with it yeah so you know happy ending and everything yeah it's a it's a light-hearted comedy and for a massacre, two people die in this. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's a, tech- it's a very genteel kind of a massacre. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this crone that they bring in, and I guess because she's Aunt Tess, but she looks more like a grandmother. I don't, I I would not have chosen that wig. Let me say that right off the bat. <laughs> because I would not have chosen that w- wig for anything. The... The thing about the wig is that it's like, okay, they're trying to make her look like an old lady, but like you look at her face and it's like she's already old. And I guess they were trying to get I'm sure that the filmmakers had like a real stereotype in mind, like just like a this yeah, old The director bitty, had a vision. Yeah. This old biddy who's like obsessed with like satanic influence and like nobody has any fun ever. Yeah. You know, and just like screams at you at the slightest provocation. So and that is, you know, the the writer director's hand at play there. Because I mean, if I was twenty or something, that's how I would write, you know, my antagonist. <laughs> right, and I like just do... this Bible thumping killjoy. Yeah, and I think that this might be the director's mom. Okay, well, yeah. that was that was nice of her to, uh, you know, to be game enough to, uh, you know, indulge her son. I mean, you know, it's nice of her. Yeah, but she's so shrill (laughs) yeah and you know the character is pretty one note it it does kind of hit all the highlights about you know music is satanic um you know movies cause violence um uh they're mass murderers everywhere cleanliness is next to godliness um you know just just being mean to children you know just all the all the greatest hits Mm -hmm. but that kid is so gay (laughs) wow like yeah. I realize that we're making the joke of like you know like it's it's a very thirteen year old boy thing to say is like oh, you're fucking gay dude yeah but yeah I don't know like I mean the kid absolutely is like a fucking nerd <laughs> yeah yeah he's a huge nerd I mean just like from the shape of his body you can tell that he's a nerd um <laughs> but like but like if you put him like opposite Mark Patton and Nightmare on Elm Street two like just play back to back the scenes of them like dancing to music in their room and you'll be like yeah yeah I got to give it to the kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's pick it up again. Let's yeah, okay. pick it up. Come on, yeah, energy, yeah. energy. So this fucking kid, he's he's definitely a pussy. And I know that uh, yeah, well, and I mean yeah. I know that's unkind to say about, you know, a kid who's like 11. But jeez, like <laughs> I don't know, it's like the acting or like the like his his appearance or just the way he dresses or comports himself. I mean, just everything about him. It, it, and, you know, I don't want to throw, you know, being gay in with being a nerd because being a nerd is awful and those people should be, you know, destroyed and grounded to powder. Being, you know, gay, you can't help. It's fine. Yeah, being gay is great. Being a nerd. Like, yeah, like, ugh. yeah, being a nerd is a choice. Bitter. 
Yeah, get right with God. Yeah, like you could do something about that. Oh, you know this kid listens to Rush. Yeah, which I that kid has to have some point dabbled in Rush. Or yes. The only the the the, the they couldn't show it, but you know he was listening to Hold Your Fire in his room when the aunt came in to scream at him. Yeah, and and I do have to make a uh, a a minor correction. Like you pointed out that this kid is a redhead. This kid is not a redhead. Jessica Chastain is a redhead. This kid is a ginger. This kid would have been beaten up by British children every day. <laughs> yeah, see, he started ginger, but then he grew into a redhead. Right, right. No, like if 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 it was this kid instead of James Bulger, like those two boys would have gotten away with it. <laughs> like that's that's how I feel about this <laughs> this homunculus. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't even know why I get the reputation as the child hair here with some of the things that you say. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes across, yeah, I don't know. Um that's so funny because like I think I was more I guess because like this uh, Tom the child mm-hmm. um the youngest I guess the boy Tom um, okay Yeah the middle sister Denise again like the actress is also named Denise mm-hmm. I think is like way more awful maybe because of her shrillness I just cannot get past this fucking kid. <laughs> well, let's put him aside for a minute. I, like, I can't. It's part... like staring at the sun. <laughs> there is a part where the uh, the it's like right after they've killed the aunt and the. Yeah, we should probably explain that. Yeah. Like the middle daughter gets a call from, I guess, a boy she likes who wants her to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. There's no way that he's not just asking her out on a dare. <laughs> oh, well, not only that. But like he asked her out to the movies and she's like, hey, can I get a ride to the movies in half an hour? And he's like, and her older brother's like, sorry, I can't. And so she, she's like over the moon about this popular boy calling her. And then she's like, sorry, I can't go. And it's like, well, okay, you just turned him down. That's that. It's for the best. She was going to, he was going to take her to a pig party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could see you doing that. <laughs> God, we're, t- <laughs> we're bad people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I mean, at least maybe wait for her to get her braces off or something. Two, that's, that's the other thing, like, two kids with braces in this family and a single dad. Like, no wonder he has to take, like, business trips on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Those would be some long, drunken business trips. <laughs> but, um, I don't know if we need to, do we need to explain the kills or the, the plot twists? Uh, well, the, uh, our, our little, um... Our, our mincing little boy here uh, orders a um, like a Rambo survival knife in the mail, which his dad let him because, you know, he's a single parent. So he's very lenient with his children. Um, I just assume that the kid like filled out the order form and stole a stamp from his dad and sent it in with his dad knowing because his dad doesn't even want him to have a fucking 10 speed. Well, a 10 speed means like he could get killed. A knife means he could kill someone else and that's OK. <laughs> yeah, because because the you know the, this God, this little fucker. He um, so he even mentions because Aunt Tess wants to take the knife away, but he's like, but Dad gave me like half the money for it. So clearly, the dad was okay with it. And to his credit, this fucking prick. He like Tess is like, give me the knife. You're not allowed to have that knife. And the kid's like, 
No. <laughs> like, he stands up for himself. And I got to give him credit for that because I don't know if as a little kid, I or anyone else that age for that matter would be able to like when an adult, you know, tells you like, you know, give me, give that to me. Would you be like, fuck off? Yeah, because. Um, and in the struggle, she is... dies and good for her. She got what she yeah, deserved. Like, thank God. Yeah. Oh, and she's so like. And she dies Your instantly. speaker's. Yeah, and like, cause, because this, every time this woman speaks, your your speakers are just like begging for mercy. Yeah, like just like so like loud and high pitched and hectoring. Yeah, and it's like just shut the fuck up. And so you know, there's a there's a little whoopsie, and she gets killed. But what I wanted to say was that you know, okay, like. So this child, as repulsive as he is, as, as yes. children often are, most of us <laughs> most of us are repulsive in our larval form. Um, and yet he actually had the spine to stand up to his despicable aunt. Yeah. Which, you know, respect. Yeah, that's you know, that's kind of the turn there. That's you know, that's when we're in our our second act, I think, where, you know, how is this different from how things would normally go? It's like, well, this is where the kid says no, and he stands up to, you know, his hectoring aunt. And, um, yeah, then things things get much better from there. They kill her off. They kill off her uh, wastrel of a son. Um, they find, you know, a family activity to, uh, that, you know, that bonds them. And, you know, their dad is happy to see that, you know, they're they're being, you know, productive and cooperative and, then they get to go to dinner at the end. It's a it's a wholesome family film where they put two people yeah. in a wood chipper. Their dad is very stupid. Yes, it's. I mean, the the tone overall, it's like, it's like they were filming a pilot for like a murder based sitcom. Which I mean, putting those two together, <laughs> I'm like, I'm listening. Yeah, and that's why the film isn't just like a total waste of time is because of that kind of like sense of humor and kind of the, the darkness of the plot and the resolution like makes it act pretty fucking funny to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's like they made like a fun family movie over the weekend where they're just like, Hey kids, you want to make a, you want to make a horror movie? You know, we got Labor Day <laughs> off. You know, we'll just yeah. like shoot some scenes around. I, uh, you know, we can use the wood chipper that I needed because I was clearing some, uh, clearing some lumber. Why don't we make a movie? It'll be fun. And the kids are like, "Well, I kind of don't know how to act," and be like, "Ah, let's just go with it anyway. We can show it at your birthday." Yeah, I really feel like the the because you, know, you know the thing about uh, George Lucas is how he directs is it's either like, you know, this. Like that's good, like more of the same, or yeah, faster, uh, more intense, more of the same, but faster and more intense. Yeah, like you know, I I was wondering if it was like a Mike issue because, like, I was like, I don't know. What is the, the kid's kind of name Mike? Because yeah, that's definitely a Mike issue. No, it's Tom. The actor is Tom, and the kid is Tom. Oh well, then it's a Tom issue. <laughs> no, I mean that. You kids got to project because otherwise the mic on the camera isn't going to pick it up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The VC the microphone on the camcorder. Yeah. Like, do you do you think that they had a boom mic on this? Who would they get to hold it? I mean, they did have... True. They did have. They were out of relatives. Yeah. They did have two uh, wood chipper wranglers, though. So, I mean, that was, that was well taken care of. That's good because, you know, you don't want to violate any... Um, 
safety protocols on your wood chipper massacre movie. Yeah, and you know, well, wood chippers too, like they take special care. Like you know, you need to get a tutor for them. They can't work them like more si- more than six hours a day and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's like they had you know, it's a fun family movie that you know that that someone just kind of made as a goof. Yeah. And it does have that kind of shaggy dog feel to it. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen the director go on to do more things, but, um, well, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, he did. It's just that, you know, where, like, are those movies also available for free on the internet? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. Did I do any research for this? No. I'm not seeking them out. Not worth my time. I already, <laughs> I gave it the office. Um, one of the things that I do like in the movie is, um, you know, because, you know, the eldest son doesn't mow the lawn because he's too busy murdering people and covering up their murders. Um, the uh, youngest kid, like, you know, is uh, wary of, like, you know, getting in, into trouble about, like, losing shit. Um, you know, the daughter's also, uh, you know, upset about, you know, making a mess and, and being irresponsible. They all, they are all worried because they, they exclaim, you know, if blah, blah, blah happens... They say, Dad will kill me. And as the movie goes on, I, I'm starting to think they mean it literally. <laughs> I mean, given the events that have transpired, it's like, hey, you didn't mow the lawn. I'm going to have to slice your throat. You you're, know, you're going in the backyard with your other two brothers. You know what would have been a really good twist to this would be if, um, you know, you have the resolution where it's like, oh, phew, like we, you know, we successfully managed to cover up the murders of our relatives, like us three kids. And then the dad mm. comes home unexpectedly early, and it turns out he's a family annihilator, and he just, like, fucking kills all of them and skips town. <laughs> Wait, the dad kills his own family? Yes. No. All right. I would have liked to have seen it go a little bit like Benny's video, which um, it w- which is, which I, th- I thought of because, like... You know, like, this movie was when- too fun. Let's make it like a Michael Haneke film. <laughs> well, that's what I thought when when Kim, um, you know, the uh, the recently departed aunt tessa's deadbeat son comes up like yeah it's basically a home invasion of him holding two two children hostage for like over over twenty dollars because he's yeah. asking where the dad hides the money but it's, but it's like yeah it turns into a, a like a michael haneke movie all of a sudden yeah where like he he except I didn't uh, the feel brother like comes home myself. right well the brother comes home and he's you know monkeying around in the garage because he had to go get gas for the lawnmower and then um and then the guy, uh, the the deadbeat Kim comes up, and uh, and he like bashes him in the head with a with like a pipe wrench. <laughs> and there there's a funny line in there too, where he's like, "Oh, he's just got a concussion. That's no problem. I've had lots of concussions." And it's like that's a laugh line. Like you know, you got to give it to him. Yeah. On that, I'm thinking like, what if it's like Benny's video, where like suddenly like the dad tries to cover up the crimes now, and it you know it becomes a, a family affair. Yeah. Because, you know, like, I don't know how good, you know, like a first time murderer is going to be at, you know, disposing of a body or like ditching a car at an airport. It's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the embezzlement scheme from office space. It's like, you know, we're smart guys. Why are we so bad at crime? It seems like there would have been a hell of a lot of trace evidence. Yeah. And but I mean. I guess, like, I'm, you know, I'm engaged with the story because I'm thinking, like, they're out in the, like, a rural area. Like, they can probably just bury this body. Like, no one's going to come looking for it. True. I mean, they're I mean, the ones who know about Tess. Yeah, and there is a dog at the end that's eating some of the viscera that is left <laughs> by, by Kim after they 
you know, upend him into the wood chipper. Maybe that's for the best because, you know, the dog is also helping to get rid of evidence. True. Yeah. See, the dog is part of the family. Yeah. He's a good dog. And yeah. And like, you know, a, a little narrative arc comes through, too, because there's some business with they can't just put Tess immediately into the wood chipper. Um, they they decided they had to freeze her because otherwise her guts are going to gum up the blade and then, you know, they'll be on the hook with the people that they rented the wood chipper from. So they freeze her, then they put her through, and they're like, oh, that went really smoothly. And then when they tip Kim into it, they just put him in raw, but he goes in all the same, and that little fucking kid observes, like, hey, it does work on raw meat as well. Well, good for that. So they're becoming better wood chip massacrers. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Yeah, they're learning, you know, the tricks of the trade. They're better, they, they're... They're showing a mastery of their equipment here. I agree. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. What else do you want to say about this fucking movie? Other than just that kid. Jeez. <laughs> Put him in a wood chipper. I still maintain you would have hung out with this kid. I, God, I can, I hope, you know, to the to the death that I never had any friends like this guy when I was growing up. Well, like, what, like... I hope I don't have any friends like that now. Surely you're not going to tell me that you were one of the popular kids. I wasn't this unpopular. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody played a bit of D&D &D when he was growing up. I, I played D&D &D in, like, junior high. That's different. Well, everyone's awful in junior high, so... Oh, yeah. And and high school and yeah. first couple of years of college. <laughs> um, one of the other things too that I like um, uh, at, at the very beginning. I know we're skipping around here, but at the very beginning, there's a title crawl about how you know a, a portion of people go missing, and a portion of those people are killed by immediately uh, by immediate family members. Jen, I'm sure you're the expert on this about, you know, most people are killed by someone they know and some of those bodies are never recovered and they're just deemed an accident. And, you know, this is one of those stories. Not only did Jurassic Park rip off this movie, but Fargo did as well. Like maybe this is the story that Fargo was like, oh, based on true events. Yeah, I mean, because it, it absolutely predates Fargo and the whole wood chipper and the whole like saying this is based on you know, true events. It's true in that these sort of things happen, I guess. So the Coens wrapped up Miller's Crossing, and then mm -hmm. they saw this movie, and they're like, you know, we've been going about this filmmaking thing all wrong. Right, yeah. They're, they were <laughs> in a video store in rural Connecticut, and Ethan is like, hey, Joel, get a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, just as a goof. He's like, Ethan, why are you like this? He's <laughs> like, come on. And they're like, you know, this is this movie is completely fake. But at the beginning, they said, hey, it's based on actual events. We can probably pull something like that off. And he's like, yeah, we're the fucking Coen brothers. And like, yeah, absolutely. Let's Excelsior. make Arizona first. Excelsior. Then they did, you know, uh, Go Team Coen <laughs> and did their secret handshake. Then the title started. You know, there's a statistic at the beginning. Um, you briefly mentioned that, um, yes. you know, sometimes corpses are not found i think the way that they put it is seventy-five thousand people are killed every year by family members and one in ten of those murders are never solved that's about eight thousand right now i don't know if if we're strictly talking about the pool of cases in which people are killed by members of their family but 
having seen some of the statistics that have come out this year about how often like cops actually clear homicides. Yes. Wouldn't it be more likely that one in 10 refers to how often these cases are actually solved and like nine out of 10 are just like the cops go, mm, I don't know. We did all we could. You know, we talked to a couple people and they said they didn't know anything. Yeah, so, we tried browbeating a poor person for eight hours. It didn't. They didn't uh, falsely confess to it. Yeah, we. You know, we're we, out of ideas. We berated a developmentally disabled man for sixteen hours until he broke down and confessed. Yeah, <laughs> we'll call that cleared. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, we we shot rubber bullets at unarmed protesters. <laughs> you know, what else could we do? You know, it yeah, is... yeah, we, we towed a non-operational vehicle and, you know, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about how I would like to see a follow up to this movie in which we catch up to the kids like 25 years later and like DNA on, or on a piece of evidence like leads to them actually being like indicted for this crime. But, or a ring on their property that is, you know. Right, yeah, the final shot yeah. is of uh, is of uh, Aunt Tessa's ring. Yeah, they make that very clear. But I don't know, like it's it 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 really is possible they could just get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, except for in real life occasions where you're like, wait a minute, what the goddamn fuck? That's not okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's her ass from Tiger King, or I don't know, pick one. You know more about this shit than I do. Well, the they their numbers are legion. Yeah, apparently, you know, one in ten. <laughs> get away with it. <laughs> yeah, just just go on the unresolved mysteries subreddit and be like, yeah, there's there are several examples of people who've gotten away with it. So you know, wood chipper massacre is all fine and good in fiction, but in real life, not so funny. <laughs> that is true. You know, we haven't talked about the music. With good reason. Yeah, it's it's uniformly awful. Right. It's the, uh, I know it's a little, you know, Peter and the Wolf on like a, you know, budget Casio keyboard. <laughs> I noticed that too. There was a little mo motif from Peter the Wolf in one of the, the awful, awful instrumentals that populate this movie. Uh, one of the other things too, like if if you aren't sure whether or not this is a bad movie from us, I can assure you, yes, there is an unbroken shot of someone pulling out of a driveway. Oh, my God. And then I, I think this was what initially caught my eye about the movie, like, the first time I watched it. Like, there's a shot of the dad leaving the house to go pick up Aunt Tess from the train station. Because we're trying to pad the movie out to 80 minutes, we need yep. to see the entire process of him pulling out of the garage, going out the driveway, going up the road. It, we, in fact, follow him all the way to the fucking BART station or whatever, or whatever they have in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, we, we see him waiting on, like, the platform at the metro line. Yeah. Waiting for Tess to show up. And it'd be like, in a more efficient movie, Tess shows up and he leaves and we get to the story. But no. Yeah, but then your movie would be 60 minutes long and... Uh, you know, you can't really do that. So, but yeah, at that point, it's a pilot for a murder based sitcom. Right. And not only which not bad. Yeah. But not only do we have the extended scene of the dad leaving the house and driving <laughs> his car, it's scored with the most <clears throat> grating 
keyboard demo-ass instrumental I've ever heard. And the weird part is that, like, the tempo speeds up toward the end. Like oh, yeah, something it's exciting. Ex- yeah, like something yeah. exciting is happening, but nothing is happening. You're just seeing a man drive his car. The exciting thing is that uh, a guy goes from point A to point B. A yeah. subplot is resolved. Huh? Huh? Yeah, now the music on this is credited to Soundscapes, which to me sounds an awful lot like a stock music company. I could see that, yeah. There is, um, ah, shoot, yeah, there's a particular piece of music. No, it, like, the, the climax of it, the music of that is, like, News at 11 music. Yeah. The music that they, that they play <laughs> over the montage of them doing yard work, the frantic yard work climax. Like, that is, that is, and now the news. And that's the one song which doesn't sound like it was recorded entirely by one guy on one keyboard. Like, it sounds I, like they're actual instruments in at least part of it. Yeah. And, and there were times, too, when, like, I'm listening to this music and I'm trying to picture, like, the face of the guy at, you know, his budget keyboard that's just, you know, like the two octaves or whatever. Yeah. Like, just, like, just grinning as he bangs it out. And just like, yeah, I'm loving this stuff. This is great. The, like, this movie's going to be so good based on the music that I've composed for this. It's having a grand old time. I'm a regular Giorgio Moroder. <laughs> and the weird thing is, is that when I looked at the director's credits and saw that he'd done a little bit of soundtrack work, I assumed that he'd composed the soundtrack. And in fact, there is a couple of shots of him playing the piano, like hot-dogging a little to show, like, look how fast I can play this piece. I forget what the piece is, but... Yeah, yeah, again, more more time filler there. Right. Um, But I don't believe he did, unless he had, like, you know, a share in soundscapes or something. In which case, <laughs> like, oof, man, like, I... You know, you... With this music, buddy, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, excluding the kid, you could say that the music was the worst part of it. <laughs> I don't know. I got to say like I'm kind of pulling for this kid. I oh man. I don't maybe like he's a fu- you know, I mean, he's a fucking dork, of course. He's a he's, he's a he's he a, is the dork. He's a and you know, it doesn't help that he's saddled braces, 80s glasses and an awful awful mullet. You know, that was just what yeah. kids looked like in the 80s. I still maintain he's not as annoying as his sister. And he does stand I, up to yeah, Aunt Tess. I just, I just instinctively hate this kid. But yes, he does stab a woman to death, and he's got that going for him. I don't know, Tim. Is it maybe that you know this kid reminds you of a part of yourself, a young part of yourself? It reminds me what to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> like if I, you know, as I'm, you know, playing Lego because the plural of Lego is Lego, and you know, making characters for D and D. And, you know, playing Minecraft, I'm like, at least I'm not that kid. I don't remember what I was going to say. Did we cover everything about Wood Chipper Massacre? What the hell else is there to say? I mean, there isn't anything really. Like, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an 80-minute shot-on-video B-picture. Yeah. So if anyone says, have you seen this, you can say No. Yeah, I mean, you look... And then just be done with it. Yeah, and, like, you look at a couple of minutes of this movie, and, you know, I'm going to say that your fir- your first impression is correct. Is... Yes, I hate this kid. 
Uh, I still maintain you and this kid would have listened to Roll the Bones together. Uh, I would listen to Roll the Bones with my friend Jason and I'd be like, this album is pretty awesome. Jason looked exactly like this kid. No, <laughs> no, Jason was a cool fucking guy. The twist is that Tim looked like this kid. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. Did you have braces growing up? No, I had braces as an adult. I'm lucky. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. I had them as a kid. It sucked. Yes. Did you have glasses as a kid? Um, Not till middle school. Did you have a mullet as a kid? <laughs> Sadly, no. Huh. Do you look like Harry Potter as a kid? Not till college. Oh, yeah, you really blossomed. Let me be clear, though, that I was an absolutely loathsome little nerd. Yeah, maybe that's why you defend this kid so much. Yeah, maybe. Because you see something of yourself in him. Yeah, and, you know, maybe that's why you hate him so much. Yeah, that's a good reason. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe the kid's a little more feminine than you, but... <laughs> I mean, most people are more feminine than me, Tim. That's true, yeah. He... Uh, I, I can't even think of anything. I'm just so befuddled by it all. Shit's gay. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, I forgot to mention, did you notice that Aunt Tess has the same opinions on horror movies as Roger Ebert? Maybe they should do a sequel where they kill Roger Ebert. They can do something really, um, really, like, knowing and, like, uh, satirical, like when they're making fun of those film critics in uh, Godzilla 2000. Oh, yeah. That was cutting. Yeah, it really made you think, you know? Oh, and like how the um the the monster in the it wasn't said on screen, but the monster in in Willow was called Ebor Sisk. That's wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ! You didn't know that? No. Isn't that petty? G yes, yes it is. <laughs> Gee, George, like, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Did you make Howard the Duck? <laughs> <laughs> that clearly can't be me. The critics were wrong. Thank you.